I'm Christina Collins, and I am the Motivated Mama. Welcome to the Motivated Mama podcast, a space where I grant full permission for moms to be ambitious. Join me as we chat all things motherhood, family values, business, and living your best life. Hey mamas, welcome to the Motivated Mama podcast, episode seven. So today we're going to be talking about an experience that I had, a sad experience actually, a couple weeks ago. And um, as you guys know, well, most of you, I actually found out a week ago that October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. So my heart goes out to all of you moms out there who have suffered through a miscarriage or suffered through a still a stillbirth or any sort of loss in any way with an infant or a pregnancy because it's not fun and it's very heartbreaking and I think oftentimes misunderstood as to the grief that we can go through as mothers because it's a loss. No matter how big or small it was, it's a loss, right? And so today I wanted to talk to you guys um, about an actual experience that I had a few weeks ago. And if you follow me on social media, you know about this experience more than likely, but I actually had an ectopic pregnancy the beginning of October, October 3rd, actually, to be exact. Um, And it was something that I wasn't aware of. It was something that I found out that day and was very scary for me. And I kind of wanted to take you guys back a little bit. So if there's any guys listening to this podcast, you might want to turn it off because there's going to be a lot of TMI going on in here, a lot of stuff that we women understand um, and go through. But I I just wanted to share this because I I think it's great to teach people, to teach other moms, especially if you are a mom from your experiences. And so a couple weeks ago, actually, no, I'll take you guys back to the end of August, beginning of September of this year, I had had a normal cycle. And then I just started having, um, bleeding in between my periods. And I didn't really understand what was going on, you know, called my OBGYN office. And they were like, we always allow a good, like one irregular period, right? One irregular period, um, bleeding between cycles, that kind of stuff. Um, but then if it happens a second time, we want you to come in, we want to check it out, see what's going on, make sure, you know, nothing serious is going on. Right. And so I just kind of shrugged it off. I was worried, but I shrugged it off because I was like, okay, maybe like some of my hormones are out of whack, whatever. Right. And then I ended up going on a business trip, a conference for, um, the business that I'm in at the beginning of September and this bleeding and everything was still going on. And it was really annoying. And I remember talking to a friend of mine there about it. And she was like, you really need to go get this checked out because, you know, we have been trying for a fourth child. And she was like, if you want to make sure that everything's still working down there and, you know, everything's okay if you guys are trying, right? And so I was like, yeah, I know. I'm going to go check it when I get home, right? Well, I go home and it's, yes, it's the following week after I was gone for this conference. And my mom, she works in an OBGYN office and she was talking to me about it. And she was like, you know what? Just take a pregnancy test. You never know. She was like, I, you know, had irregular bleeding before or while I was pregnant with you in the beginning of my pregnancy. So I was like, 
okay, you know, it wouldn't hurt, right? Wouldn't hurt to take it just to kind of rule that option out. So I took it, right? I actually took three and they were all very positive, very positive. Like most of the time, or actually every one of the times that I was pregnant with my three other ones, my three other children, other ones, other children, um, they, it was like a faint line, you know, like it's like usually the plus sign. And it was like the one, um, what's the word, the one, like the negative symbol, like the one line, I don't even know how to describe it. It's always very um, prevalent and very dark. But then like, if you are pregnant, the line that goes down to make it like a cross or a plus um, is pretty faint, right? Because I'm in a lot of mom groups and they're like, is this showing that I'm pregnant? And it's like a super faint line. Um, so, but these three tests were very, very positive, right? And so um, I told my mom, I said, well, that's a surprise. Like I remember sending her a text and I sent my husband a text. I was like, well, there you go. You know what's been going on with me, right? And I was happy, but um, I had actually suffered a miscarriage the beginning of this year. It was just a normal miscarriage at about six weeks. I was very sad about it. Um, It was a pretty hard time for me. But um, so this time around, I was like not trying to get my hopes up too high because I was like, well, what if it happens again? You know, what if I have another miscarriage? Those thoughts that we, you know, worry about. And so, um, you know, I was like, okay, well I'm pregnant. And for the next week or so I was still having spotting and things like that. And I was like, okay, but then a week and a couple days or whatever went by and I started an actual cycle again. So I was like, okay, well I wasn't really pregnant. Maybe, you know, maybe it was like a chemical pregnancy or maybe, um, I was having another miscarriage and, um, I called the OB office, but at five and a half weeks, which I was predicting that I was, um, and I can't really like take you in to have an ultrasound unless you've had previous complications. And so I kind of had to wait it out. Like it wasn't the answer that I wanted to hear, but I did. So what I thought was, okay, I'm having an actual period. I'm just going to chalk it up to a miscarriage. Right. And I did. And I actually stopped bleeding altogether after that period. And, but then it started again. And I was like, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I really have got to go see what's going on because maybe my like progesterone levels are out of whack or whatever. Like I was sitting here thinking I would go in, get a test done, like a blood test and check out my hormone levels and see what's going on with that. So I scheduled an appointment, um, the day before I went in, um, for my appointment, like they were able to schedule me in the next day. And this was October 2nd that I scheduled it. And October 3rd is when I went in. So I took Quinn with me to my appointment, you know, having one kid home with me now, it's really nice. I can take her pretty much anywhere with me. She's a really well-behaved, um, child. And so I took her with me and they did a urine sample and all of that fun stuff when you go to the OB office and they were like, you're pregnant. And I was like, that's kind of impossible. <laughs> you know, I was like, mm, I think that's wrong. They were like, no, I mean, your HCG levels are very high right now. Like that means you're pregnant. And so I was like, well, maybe my body was just like so whacked out that I'm still pregnant. Like it's by some miracle. Right. So they were like, well, let's go do an ultrasound because technically you're seven to eight weeks right now. Um, and let's just go see. Right. But part of me was still just not buying it. I was like, there's no way I'm pregnant. And, you know, with all of that bleeding going on, there just was no way. And like I said, you guys, TMI, some people are squeamish about this, but we're all women here, right? 
we're all moms too, for the most part. So what I did was I went in there, my OB that I was supposed to see that day actually did the ultrasound for me. And I've had three children so far. So I know kind of what it looks like at seven, eight weeks. There's like this little peanut looking thing in your uterus, right? So cute. We all get so excited about it. And the minute like they did the ultrasound, I didn't see it there. And I was like, okay. But at that time, you know, I was like, okay, well maybe like my levels are still high. Maybe there's some tissue in there still, whatever. Right. But the actual OB was looking at my ultrasound and she was like, just making all these faces. And here I was like freaking out. Like, you know, like, it's kind of just like, why are you going to make all these faces, but not say anything to me? But what it really was, was she was trying to figure out what she was looking at. So she actually called us an ultrasound tech in there to help her because she was like, okay, I just want to make sure I'm reading this right. And they were both making faces and noises and like, speaking under their breath. And I'm like, hello, like I'm lying on the table here being probed with this ultrasound, you know, wand or whatever. And, um, here they are making all these faces and I'm a little bit freaked out. Right. And so they were like, okay, it looks like a tube, like a ruptured tube. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And they still weren't talking to me. It was like, they were just speaking amongst themselves and I was laying there freaking out. And So they came to the conclusion of that. They were like, look, it's a ruptured tube. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Um, And the first thought that came to my mind, you guys, was, am I not able to have more kids? Like here I was thinking like the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario. I was crying. Um, And my OB at at the moment, because she isn't really like my assigned OB. I'm still new to the area where I'm at. And she was like, well, the, what it means is that you have to have surgery because you're too far along to have, they give you this drug, which we'll talk about later, um, that can help to, I guess, for lack of better words, get rid of the tissue, um, that isn't viable anyway. And, um, so here I was, went in for a routine appointment or so I thought to get blood work and turned out to be emergency surgery that same day. And you guys, like the only surgery I've ever, I've ever had, I've gotten a baby out of it. <laughs> I've gotten a baby out of it. I've had three C-sections. Um, I did have my wisdom teeth pulled when I was 18, but I don't know. I guess that would be surgery as well. But here, this was like emergency surgery. And they said I had um, abdominal bleeding, internal bleeding, which to be honest with you, that scared me more than the whole ruptured tube thing, because abdominal bleeding, like you watch like Grey's Anatomy or these medical shows and you hear about internal bleeding and you kind of freak out because it's always so serious, right? Well, so I talked to the on-call doctor. He was like, all right, well, we can get you in in the next hour or two. So I was in like a full-on panic mode, right? And to make things even better, my daughter was there. I didn't have anyone to pick her up at the moment. My husband was not answering his phone from work, not answering for like a full-on hour you guys, can you imagine like freaking out? Like you want to tell the one person in the world that needs to know this and you need to comfort you in that time. You can't reach them (laughs) the one time you can't reach them. Um, so I called my mother-in-law because you know, here she was, she's, she's so great about dropping everything and just coming like in a crisis, like so blessed to have that. 
I call her. She, I don't even know if she still has this voice message on her phone, but I was like full on bawling on the voice message or the voicemail. Like I can't breathe. Like here I was just freaking out. Right. And so she ends up calling me back and she's like, I'll come get Quinn. I'll come, you know, I'll pick up the boys from school. Like we set it all up, but I'm just sobbing in this office waiting for them to come get me to take me over to that wing of the hospital. Um, to have surgery. And I call my mom. My mom's like on the phone crying with me. She's like, it's going to be okay. Just cause you know, she wants to be there with me, but she's about two or three hours away and she wouldn't be there in time. And, um, so finally I got hold of my husband and they took me back and it was like, I was so nervous. You guys so nervous because I was thinking like, what if I die? Because the doctor had just told me if I had waited another week or so, I could have died. That's how serious it was because of the internal bleeding and just the ruptured tube. And so I just, I I don't know how I missed it. I don't know how I missed this whole fiasco and how, why I kept putting it off to call the doctor and to see what was going on with me. Um, and so I just feel so blessed every day that I finally just took the advice of my loved ones and was like, okay, call the doctor, right? Such a tender mercy in my life. Um, and if you just sit back and watch your life, sometimes you'll notice that there's so many tender mercies from our heavenly father, like just coming to us, right. Um, warning us or helping us or, or, you know, warning us before something tragic like this could have happened a week later. Right. So anyways, um, they took me back and I had the surgery and everything went well and things were fine. Um, and I don't think it really hit me yet. Like I didn't feel like it was a loss at the time. I, um, just kind of was like, okay, because I had, I had found out I was pregnant, then came to the conclusion that I probably wasn't, that it, maybe I had miscarried or it was a false positive. Right. And so Um, with that said, I just wanted to share my experience because how many of us are walking around sometimes not always listening to our bodies or really paying that close attention because we chalk it up to being something pretty normal, or maybe we Google the heck out of it and we just come to our own conclusion, right? (laughs) How many of you are guilty of that? I know I am sometimes. And what I wanted to do was just kind of raise some awareness of ectopic pregnancies or tubal pregnancies, because, um, a lot of times I heard this from my doctor that a lot of women don't have all the symptoms and they can go undetected. And luckily this day and age, we have so much, um, just technology and medical intervention that can go on to help us prevent the fatal or the fatality of an ectopic pregnancy. If we're not careful. And so I literally, because like I said, I wasn't really aware of what was going on because I had never experienced it before. Um, I wanted to kind of just share with you guys, um, you know, risks and like symptoms of ectopic pregnancies, because, you know, we can't ignore these signs. Like if you are trying to get pregnant and any of these things are happening to you, or maybe you haven't been trying to get pregnant, but you're not using protection or whatever it is. Um, I want to just raise awareness of that because honestly, the next couple of days after my surgery, it just all kind of hit me. 
like crap, like I had another loss, right? And maybe you moms out there can relate to this, but I never had trouble getting pregnant with my first three children. It was like my husband could look at me and I would get pregnant kind of thing, you know, and I just never thought that I would experience these types of losses. Um, I actually was more concerned with having a later pregnancy miscarriage or stillborn because I could get pregnant so easily. Um, Those were fears that ran through my mind. But a miscarriage, I just didn't think was part of my journey, right? Because I just was so fertile, quote unquote. Um, So I started just realizing just that I had this loss. But here's the kicker, right? Here we are, some of us, right? We already have beautiful, healthy children and we experience a loss. But sometimes we feel like we can't mourn that loss because here we are so blessed and lucky already to have these other beautiful, healthy, thriving children. And then there are women out there who can't get pregnant to save their life or are trying so hard, or maybe they're experiencing miscarriage after miscarriage. So we feel a little bit guilty for mourning something like this when we already have our other healthy children. And I had to take a step back and think, okay, it's still a loss, regardless of what I already do have and what I've already been blessed with. It's still a loss. And we shouldn't treat it as anything less. We should be able to grieve. We should be able to mourn any loss that we have, regardless of our circumstances at the time. And we can have that compassion and that sympathy for other women who are trying and trying to become mothers or who feel like they've had loss after loss. But that shouldn't diminish what we're feeling just because we already have children, if that makes sense. Um, And that was something that I was dealing with was like, who am I to grieve and be upset about this loss when I already have, like I said, three thriving children? Um. But I did look at the silver lining in it is that I can look at it a different way and that I do have three healthy, thriving children that I can just love on even more now, knowing that I was so blessed to become their mom here. Um, And that if a fourth child is meant to be in our family, we will end up having a fourth child. Um, So that was a silver lining that I looked at because I don't know about you guys, but when I'm going through something hard, I have to find a silver lining. I can't just sit there and stew in it. I can grieve, yes, but I have to find a positive out of it. So let's go ahead and talk about the symptoms of ectopic pregnancy. And I got these symptoms from the AmericanPregnancy.org site. Um, And these were also symptoms that I talked to my doctor about as well. And so this is the most common symptom that I've heard about. This is actually something my mom told me about if I was having an ectopic pregnancy to look out for. And it's a sharp or stabbing pain that may come and go and vary in intensity. So it might be in your pelvis or your abdomen. Um, and so I didn't have any of that. So here I was just not even thinking of it as a possibility. I was thinking I would, if I were to have an ectopic pregnancy, I'd be in excruciating pain on one side where the tube is, right? That didn't happen for me. None of that. The next one did happen to me, as you heard in my story earlier. Vaginal bleeding, heavier or lighter than your normal period. So if you've had your normal period, 
you guys, and then you start having this bleeding in the middle of it, and it's just not spotting, it's more than that, I would go right away to the doctor. Like, don't wait like I did. I would go right away to the doctor. Even if it's nothing, you at least have peace of mind and they can let you know what it might be if it is anything. So the third symptom on here is the gastrointestinal symptoms. Whatever that means, they don't give like a real um, detailed description, but anything going on with your stomach and your like intestines and things like that, if there's something out of the ordinary. Um, And then the last symptom that they have listed is weakness, dizziness, or fainting. Obviously, we know if that's happening, like there's something wrong going on. Um, So these symptoms, you guys, if you're experiencing any of these, go to your doctor. I mean, I would rather be safe than sorry. That's usually my motto. But this time, you know, I was safe than sorry, but I still went later than I should have. Um... So I wanted to also talk about how the pregnancy can be treated. The ectopic, excuse me, that's a mouthful. Pregnancy can be treated. So they were telling me when I was there about a drug called methotrexate. um, And what it does is it allows the body to absorb any pregnancy tissue. And it can save your fallopian tube, depending on how far along the pregnancy has progressed. So... I was too far to take this medicine. And my doctor reassured me that this isn't like killing the baby or anything like that. What it is, is um, the pregnancy wasn't even a viable pregnancy anyway. Like it wasn't a living anything according to my doctor. Um, So the methotrexate does exactly that. It just lets the body absorb any of the tissue that was left there in the fallopian tube. Um, And so... Another way that it can be treated is that if the tube has become stretched or has ruptured in my case and started bleeding in my case, part or all of it has to be removed. And that's what happened to me. I had my um, right fallopian tube removed and they got all of the extra bleeding, which another scary thing was when they were in there, they said there was more bleeding than they thought. So (laughs) safe to say I came at the right time. Um, but they did remove a tube of mine and they did laparoscopic surgery. That's the third thing that is listed. Um, and they put me completely under, I had three spots on my stomach, like one in my belly button and then two on either side. Um, so it was a very fast recovery for me. Um, I was up and walking like that night after my surgery. Um, and then I was able to go home the next day. And I mean, it was still surgery, but it wasn't like a C-section where they cut through all of the tissue. Um, it was just, it was just, um, like I said, laparoscopic and very, um, non-invasive. So they actually have you come back the next week as well to get your HCG levels checked to make sure that they're dropping, which is your pregnancy hormone level. Um, and mine actually dropped. I want to say it was halfway, was it half? It was, it dropped half of what it was right after the surgery. And then the next week when I came back to get my stitches removed, they tested me again and it was like completely down to where they wanted it to be. So it was, the surgery was definitely a success. Um, 
But of course, you know, after getting a tube removed, messing with any part of your reproductive system, you're wanting to know, hey, can I have more kids, right? So another interesting thing I wanted to share with you guys before we wrap up is that um, when you're missing a tube, uh, the doctor said that, oh, actually, when you have both tubes, the doctor said you have a 20% chance of getting pregnant every single month when you're trying. 20% chance, you guys. So when you take away a tube, it's a 10% chance. So he said, it's not that you can't get pregnant again. It's that it might take a little bit longer. Um, And so that's really where we're at right now. And he also told me that when I get pregnant again in the distant future, we are not trying for a while, uh, that I could come in at five and a half weeks to make sure that whatever tissue or sac is forming is forming in my uterus and not my other tube. Now, if I get my other tube removed and have another ectopic, I really highly doubt that I'm able to have kids at all after that, but we're not going to go there, right? We're not going to go there. Um, so I just thought it was really interesting. And another thing too, is that I found out the reason I wasn't able to get pregnant so easily this time is there was scar tissue in the area where like my fallopian tube was a kind of blocking a pregnancy from forming, except it did end up getting in that tube. So they were able to remove that scar tissue. And that may not make any sense to you guys because I'm saying it out loud and I'm like, I don't know if that's very understandable, but that's what happened. And they said that all of my other organs, reproductive organs looked great um, and healthy. So that was such a relief as well. Because here I was wondering why I wasn't getting pregnant so easily. And so that was another tender mercy that I felt was that I was able to find out that everything was still working properly and that there was hope to have to complete our family. I've always wanted four children. That's always been my number. I know that if extenuating circumstances happen where it can't happen, that's fine too. But, you know, we always have that goal number, right? As moms, we want like a certain number of children or we just feel in our heart we're not done, um, whatever it is. So I just wanted to put that awareness out there, share with you guys my story and just let you moms know that you are not alone and you should feel in a safe place that you should feel like hey, it's okay to mourn, to cry, to be upset about any sort of loss. I don't care if it's a five-week pregnant miscarriage or whatever else, you know, that might seem insignificant to other people. It doesn't matter because it's you. You get to feel how you feel. Feel those emotions, feel that grief, and then do the steps that you need to do to move past it, you know? Um, it can be traumatic. It can be a very traumatic situation. And then there's other situations where maybe you're able to get through it easier. We all are different, but we all should be respectful and really try to uplift one another as moms and not look at it as nothing or be like, Oh, you're fine. Get over it. Kind of thing. I don't really know of anybody that's ever been that way, at least not to me or anybody that I know, but I've heard horror stories from other people about just unsupportive family members maybe or unsupportive friends or just even haters on the internet. It's like, get over it already. But no, you need to take the amount of time that you need. And I think it's great that we have a Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month to just raise awareness for that because it is such a near and dear subject to my heart and I know to plenty of you other moms out there. So 
Thank you guys so much for listening in today and feel free to share this episode out with any mom friends of yours that you feel might need to hear this. And I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you guys so much. Hey mamas. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the motivated mama podcast today. Feel free to head over to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. If you liked what you heard and also please feel free to leave any reviews telling me any nuggets you received from the podcast or any feedback you'd like to leave. I read every single one of them and I would love to hear what you thought. And as always continue being awesome. Mama, you are doing a great job.